0: praying for your people and then just being intentional with checking in with them that connection that friendship is like unbeatable
1: Hey, you guys, welcome to the Loop Community Podcast, where we're passionate about providing quality and affordable resources that enhance your sound and help you sound like you. I'm here with my co-host, Derek Kerr. How's it going, Derek? Good. How's it going, Matt? Derek, have you ever been uh, on a sports team? I have. Or a music team? Yes. Did you have a coach or a leader that really pushed you hard to get better at what you do?
2: Uh, Yes. Um. My high school band director. I was in band for eight years, um, in high school band for four years. Um, but he pushed me a lot. He saw a lot of potential in me, but not a lot of effort at times. I was pretty naturally gifted at playing trumpet. So I didn't always feel like I had to practice or anything, but my freshman year of high school at band camp, um, there were eight trumpet players and in front of everyone, he had us play this lick that we had all been missing. Um, And so he had us all go down the line and I was last in line and the other seven trumpet players were all upperclassmen and they all messed it up. Then he got to me and nobody had any faith in me to do it. Everybody was like, all right, this kid's going to mess it up. And I nailed it. And in front of everyone, he goes, how did you do that? And I was like, I practiced it. And he said, well, practice more. You could actually be good. And so I was like, oh.
1: After everybody else had already failed it. Right.
2: And so it was kind of a confidence boost. And then also like, cool to have that recognition, and then he continued to push me for those four years um, as a trumpet player and just encouraged me to get better, and he would sternly push me or sometimes sit me down and show me ways to get better, but it was helpful.
1: Even though you nailed it, he was like, practice more. He's
2: like, practice more, right. It was never perfect. That's good. It was good. Yeah, how about you? Did you ever have a coach or a leader?
1: Um, I think when I first started leading worship, there was a guy who was—I was like probably— 12 years old and there was a, a guy who was a worship leader at our church that was like teaching me how to play guitar and also like coaching me and leading worship and um, you know one weekend he'd be like all right you lead like one song out of the set and I'd be so nervous and like didn't know what I was doing but I would do that and then like a couple weeks later he'd be like all right you lead two songs and then a couple weeks later it was like you lead three songs and then I remember one week he just like stopped showing up wow. and he, I, I like called him I'm like hey are you coming? And he's like, no, I I got sick. I'm not coming. Although I think that was probably just an excuse. (laughs) And he just didn't, he's like, he's like, you got this, so you just do it. And I think that, you know, he like really pushed my limits because I didn't even want to do that really. I felt very nervous about it and unprepared even. Mm -hmm. But I think he knew that he had to like push me out of the nest to get me to like fly on my own. And so I think also that anytime I've surrounded myself with people um, who are better at things than what I am, better yeah. at the things that I'm doing than I am. It like has encouraged me and pushed me to get better. Right. To want to practice, mm-hmm. to want to learn my craft, to figure it out. I mean it's it's inspiring, um, but also like very motivating. Yeah. So definitely. I never played sports though. Well I did I played sports when I was a little kid. I played like T ball. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't really remember the coaches is really pushing me hard now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I played tennis in high school and a lot of sports in middle school. And right. they were motivating and would push us, and it helped a lot. But also, sometimes it didn't. Yeah. It just depended on how they respond. I feel like that's a big thing is like how the leader handles it. Like yeah. They set the example, and then they motivate you. It's a lot better than if you just see them like not caring about their job and their role. Right. So...
1: Yeah, in the in the execution of the motivation really matters. Right, for like sure. whether they're like berating you right. or whether it's like lovingly, you know, what do they call it? Helpful criticism. Yeah, what like is
2: helpful criticism, helping right. you grow and showing you instead of like telling you exactly. Instead of being yeah. like, this is what you did wrong. Being like, all right, this is how you do it right.
1: Right. So we have an interview today with Patrick. Mayberry. Yes. Who's a really good friend of mine. He's a worship leader at Soul City Church here in Chicago, just a couple blocks away from here. Mm-hmm. And um, I really liked my conversation with him because uh, it was just cool to talk to a guy who's just in the trenches, in the trenches, leading worship, leading teams. You know, it's not like he's signed to some major label and like mm-hmm. some, you know, famous worship leader. He's just like down to earth, normal guy, super talented. So he's like pretty, right. he's not very normal i mean he's like very very talented great songwriter um but it's just cool to like hear from like a normal worship leader yeah and how they're dealing with things like auditions how they're you know raising the bar with their teams and their volunteers and he's just been a great friend to me and very inspiring so awesome i'm pumped with this this interview so hope you guys enjoy that here's my interview with patrick mayberry Patrick, thanks for joining us on the Luke Henry Podcast. So good to be here. So glad to have you here in our office in Chicago. And uh, Patrick, tell us just a little bit of the story of how you became a worship leader.
0: Yes. Um, so I grew up in a small town in Tennessee. Um, Which town? Cookville, Tennessee. It's about 55 minutes east of the booming city of
1: Nashville. Cookville, So that Nashville. was
0: my concert destination there's
1: a lot of villes a lot of villes clarksville clarksville cookville knoxville
0: nashville memphis
1: memphisville it
0: doesn't work <laughs> uh but yeah uh so i grew up there uh was involved uh grew up in a church of christ which uh has no music uh we sing it's acapella everything is acapella instruments are not not existent. even a piano no not even there um interesting
1: yeah um i honestly never i thought every church at least had yeah, like a piano no.
0: it's all a cappella singing and so um early high school i got involved in the dave matthews band started yeah. playing with those guys yeah um <laughs> no i got i started playing guitar because of the dave matthews band because they're the greatest band in the world you learn satellite oh you know i did
1: satellite
0: Um. just really got into guitar and fell in love with playing music wanted to be in a rock and roll band nothing in church world was on my radar about playing music in that world i didn't even really know much about christian music um just because it wasn't a thing uh in my church because right there was it just wasn't a big deal um so fast forward i got really involved with a ministry called young life in high school And it was through Young Life, I kind of started venturing out and going to some other churches with some of my college Young Life leaders, and they all thought it was cool that I played guitar, and so I started playing guitar at Young Life some, and would go and check out these other churches and um, stand there with like sweaty palms looking around, because I'm like, man, I love this music, but this is this is so wrong that these people are playing
1: music right now. Right, right. drums are of the devil. Or? Yeah,
0: it was bad, bad <laughs> news. But I loved it anyways. So I uh, kind of went on this little faith journey at the end of high school and decided to kind of step away from that church and got really involved in a college ministry at the time, which I was still in high school. And um, eventually in um, college started, playing guitar, uh, simply just playing electric guitar Yeah, at, um, at this college ministry. And I remember it was a, I, the end of a semester right before Christmas, and a friend, a friend of mine who was leading worship said to me, hey, dude, I think this next semester you need to start leading worship. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what that means, mm-hmm. but okay. So I'd always been the lead singer in my bands, but I had never led worship before so it was the winter of I think 2005 I went he said hey this the same guy said hey I'm gonna take you to a conference in Atlanta and I'm gonna show you like what worship can be so uh I was like cool dude let's do it so drove down to Atlanta went to my very first ever passion, passion. Conference, I was gonna guess changed my life uh-huh. and uh opened my eyes so wide to the vision of how God could use music and and advance His kingdom, and I was like, "Holy cow! I want to do this." Yeah. And so it was really from there on. I just self learner, just tried to figure it out and apply what I'd learned in music to how to make it work for church. And wow, I was sold right then and there,
1: dude. That's an awesome story. That's so I'm still figuring it out. I'm new. I'm new to the game. Yeah, we love young life and. Our family, my wife was actually safety at a Young Life camp. No way. And so um, I know they're doing an awesome thing. And then of course, passion. I mean, who can go to a passion conference and not-
0: <laughs> The best. Just leave
1: either their life changed. Pure magic. Awesome. Which, what year were you there? Which, do you remember which one it was? I think it was,
0: it was the first year. It was like in, or back in Atlanta. I okay. say like I know yeah, what at they the did dome previously, but I didn't. It was, it was in, it was maybe 05 or 06, one of those two, I can't remember.
1: Yeah. Everything glorious. Maybe it was that. Maybe? I don't know. But it was amazing. So what do you do now? So you're on staff at a so church. Yeah, I'm on staff at Soul
0: City Church in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm the worship pastor. Um Yeah, I've been there for almost 5 years. My wife and I and at the time our two kids moved up here from Nashville, and now we have four kids. And it's crazy. We're yeah. living in the big city, yeah.
1: trying to make yeah. it work, figuring it out. I remember that's how we met was through Soul City. That's exactly. I Sunday was, nights, man. Yeah, right. Yeah. So your, your role there is the worship pastor, worship leader or what? Yeah, worship pastor. Okay. And so I oversee
0: all things music and yeah. worship and yeah. um, a lot of that is happens in our Sunday right. gatherings. How old is the church total? So we just turned seven. Uh so I came on the first time I ever came up, I guess the church was about a year and a half. Right. They're about to celebrate their second year anniversary, which you were in that meeting, that yep. creative meeting. Um yeah. and yeah, so I came on right at like two years. I remember that. And the rest is history.
1: So it was still a pretty new church when you came yeah. on. What right. did what did the teams look like as far as worship teams look like? And what did you do to actually to build those teams?
0: Sure. So When I came on, um, there was no kind of like clear leader in place. There was was, a friend of ours, Jeremiah Dervin, who did just an incredible job kind of leading in -hmm. the middle in this season, this interim season, and really was just a killer worship leader without being a worship leader in the most traditional sense. He was a piano player. He kind of band directed and served the worship leaders who were actually leading in. Right. So that's kind of the team. And I remember the first time I came up, they had just introduced like using in-ears mm. and they were still very much learning the click.
1: And, um, yeah, it was, it was an adventure. Those are exciting times. It's, it's the beginning of a church. Yes. The baby steps of yes. using tracks. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was so, It was fun. Were there a lot of volunteers or did you have to, were you kind of like, all right, we gotta do auditions or?
0: Yeah, so I feel like we had a solid number of players and singers, but the, the kind of level that we wanted to get to, it, the team was actually almost too big, which sounds funny. But what that meant is that, so at the time we had three services um and what was happening is we would have say a keys player would play and then you get in this groove and you have your rehearsal and then you have your three services and then at the end of the day it's like all right see bro we'll play again in six weeks (laughs) because (laughs) there was so many other people and you wanted to try to serve everyone and get everyone on the schedule so it actually was a detriment our team was too big because we weren't able to have consistency and then they came back in six weeks and then they're trying to figure it out all over again. So Hmm. we actually kind of whittled the team down to a smaller team to make it more manageable and really start with like kind of a core team and build a foundation and kind of reestablish what this bar is of where we want to be as a team and what we want to consistently offer for our church worship
1: experience. So so tell us about that process because I'm sure that that was probably... <clears throat> I've a, blocked it out of my mind. Right. I don't even... Here's this new guy coming in from yeah, Tennessee, Yeah. you know, shaking things up. Uh, like how in the world do you even begin to have conversation? How do you even begin that process? Did you have to re-audition everyone?
0: Yeah, so um, we definitely had to have some like hard conversations with some people. Just And not like, hey, you're not good enough to be on our team, but it's like, hey, we have too many vocalists. So for this season, we almost have to like pause mm-hmm. all of these extra six vocalists so that we can develop and really focus on these three people. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was it was really challenging um but kind of I had the full support of our of our of our lead pastors and so that was huge and they're like, yeah do what you got to do, we got you and That was a huge piece, like having... I didn't go it alone. Yep. I had the support of our leadership. And right. really, a lot of that... There was a lot of meetings in my yeah. pastor's office talking about like, all right, how do we do this? How's this strategizing? And that was huge for me to have that partner and that leadership to yeah. kind of like think it all through and map it out. And so I would say for anyone who's in a similar situation, like... Yeah, like don't go it alone even if it's if it's not your pastor then is there someone on staff that you can like map how do we do this what is this or even reaching out to other worship leader friends that's a huge thing is right connecting with others yeah. and seeing what they're doing and, and yeah learning from them
1: I would imagine that it's a pretty common problem yeah There's a lot of you know churches are either missing musicians they don't have anyone or they have way too many yes and you know Probably it falls in the vocal category a lot, sure, there's always so many vocalists, and maybe like two drummers, yes,, yes. <laughs> it seems like that's the case, yes, and you right. know everybody wants to sing, everyone thinks they can sing, sure, and like how do you how do you break it to them <laughs> yeah, that you know, and maybe there's other ways to find other places in the church for them to serve that's different, right. or maybe they could sing in the youth ministry or right, or you know there's other areas where worship's happening, right um. It was it, it was extra tricky for
0: us because being such a new church we didn't have any other avenues right for to turn those people to so it was kind of just a hard like hey we've got and even still today we still have i would say vocalists is our biggest thing that people are like hey i sing i'd love to be on your team and we've kind of just had to cap it and say like okay to keep this consistency of we want these this amount of people per Sunday and we would like in a dream world for these people to serve at least once or twice a month. Yep. This is the number we have
1: to have to do that right well. So, and the benefit of that is that then people are serving enough to one, be getting better at their craft yep. and two, building relationships with each yeah, other, Yeah, the right?
0: community is huge. Especially on Sundays if you have multiple services and if you do a midweek, rehearsal, um, you're spending a lot of time together. So that has actually become a huge priority for me when onboarding new people is like the chemistry. It's like, you could be the best player ever, but if you're not cool to be around, Mm -hmm. it's like, man, that's a bummer.
1: It is a big deal. Yeah,
0: it can can kill your vibe for a
1: team. Yep, and uh, when people are spending that much time of their weekend, it, goes a long way when you're just like having a good time hanging out with people that you want totally. to hang out with and
0: yeah it creates a culture that people want to be a part of right and they love being a part which of which probably it.
1: helps prevent burnout
0: yeah totally and you
1: can tell too like when I visit a church and I'm playing you know with with their <clears> team you can kind of tell when these guys are just like they're just to play or they're yeah. because they just love being there yeah and they love each other yeah you know yeah. and of course they like playing but sure you, you can really tell the difference yeah so are the people in your bands, are they volunteer or are they paid?
0: Yeah, so everybody's a volunteer.
1: Is that a decision you guys ever even talked about or was it just kind of for sure where everyone's volunteer?
0: Yeah, I've been on both ends of that as like receiving, you know, yeah, X amount of dollars for playing a service and and then so it's awesome. I totally support that. But I think what we wanted to do is We just wanted to create a culture and a community that people, if you're a great guitarist, then you come and you want to use your gift because the best drummer in town is playing too, and the best bass player. And I say that, I think we have the best team in the world. But just creating that that classic like, you know, good versus great. And I think like, great attracts great, and so creating a culture that people want to be a part of because we care about each other. We care about the music. We wanna show up and respect each other and respect each other like by preparing and showing up on time and mm. creating that culture of care has like been a huge thing for me.
1: Right. So, And they're not there because they're getting paid. Right. Um, Cause yeah, I, I as well have been on both sides of that. Yeah. Um, I've been at churches where they pay their musicians and I've been at churches where they don't. Right. and. What is interesting to me is that I don't think that paying people is necessary. Like I do think there's actually pe- there's enough people out there that are at a level that can play that don't even need to be paid. Yeah. Like they they just want to be there. Totally. Yeah. Once you start throwing paychecks out, you start swimming upstream. And who gets paid? And making it and harder. Who doesn't
0: get paid? Yeah. Is there some people yeah. who are just a volunteer or? Right. Yeah, it can get dicey. It's, it's, it's like I mean, a road that. <laughs> i don't want to figure out yet yeah. if that if it ever yeah. came there i'm like yeah whatever yeah
1: and it's you know it works for some people sure um but it it does get complicated yeah so for you guys okay so you've you got volunteers and then do you guys have an audition process let's just say i show up at your church next year sure. and i'm like hey patrick hey I, I played guitar for yeah 15 years i want to come play in the team what yeah what happens
0: i love it um that's the best when you literally just get done leading worship (laughs) and someone comes up to you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's your first, Hey, I play guitar. What, how how can I be on the team?
1: Right. I sing Um, in the shower every morning.
0: Yes. So it used to be, um, which this is, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. I would, I always would say, awesome. I love that. Like, you know, obviously you want to get to know people like that's, what's so fun about the ministry we get to be a part of is you get to do it with people. Um, and I love talking about music. I love talking about worship. And so first, first of all, I say to people, that's amazing. On a Sunday morning, that's not, I'm not at my best. I'm not at my most focused self. So I simply like want to talk to people, connect with them. And then I'm like, Hey, that's awesome. Email me. Cause yep. I would love to connect and talk more. And then, Kind of putting it in, putting the ball in their court to kind of like if they're serious about this, yeah. They'll then hopefully they'll reach out, and then typically people always do, and and then you set up an, an and audition so, with them. And so what I do is I typically go to like I'll invite them over to church, and we'll just sit and grab like coffee, and before we ever touch a instrument or sing, I just want to talk to them. I want to hear their story, and hear kind of their background and where they're coming from, and. Yeah, their church story, their music story, and then I also want to tell them about my story and what we're doing at Soul City, um, and then it's kind of like the music's the last thing that I—it's yeah. like it's on the table, but we might do it or we might not. I try to leave it like, hey, this is this is really cool. Hey, you want to sing or you want to play something? And yeah. Um. So that was one way I used to do it. We actually now, uh, maybe a year ago, we started doing online auditions. Which has been a game changer for us and so what we did is we set it all up online and um it was through our church website it was like backslash worship auditions yeah right <clears throat> and um we basically had like this is kind of our requirements this is what we're looking for these are the expectations here's the songs and we picked two songs that we were currently playing at our church that we felt like you know one was more of an upbeat one was more of a mid-tempo and yeah we said hey if you're um a vocalist sing to these acapella if you're a bass player play to these with a click right and then just send upload us a, a video. video and they would upload it to youtube and make it you know yeah. to where we could only see it and then we would watch them and then follow up with those people and it was huge for us so what we did is we kind of did an open church-wide audition we did like we kind of have been doing it like two a year and then we close them so it puts a little urgency like this is the last date that you can turn them in um and it really helped us to kind of like get people to actually do it and turn them in right and um it kind of cuts out that whole like can they actually play can they actually sing so we would get these videos and then have a next yeah. step conversation. And um, and we would try to be clear. We'd set ourselves up to succeed like, hey, we're really only looking for this round, yeah, electric right. guitar players or bass players, but we're accepting all auditions. And so if there's like some diamond in the rough, if Whitney Houston is going to our church and she needs to be singing, we'd love to know about it. I mean, we may not implement her right then and there but it would be nice to know that yeah. we've got this killer vocalist even though we technically don't have any room mm. to what we've kind of set up for our capacity but
1: and you can contact him, yeah and then you can yeah. contact him when you have an opening yeah wow that's such a good idea online yeah. i've honestly never heard of that yeah for church it, worship it, audition, it's been huge
0: for us to kind of like fast yeah. track the process and it's a great idea i hate I, I don't think I could audition in front of someone like even like being <laughs> yeah. decent at what I do like it's just nerve wracking like right. Who wants to like yep. sit in a room and be like okay why don't you uh, yeah get out your little guitar there and yep. play me a song It's just weird so um, yeah people can do it in the privacy of yeah them. they can do How it? do you
1: know though that who's uploading is actually who they say they are Because here I could hey look out I'm gonna apply I'm gonna I'm gonna find one of those videos from the kid in the Philippines playing like shredding the 12 days of Christmas on his guitar. And then upload it. Yes, see if you accept me. We'll hire you. You'll be on our team. (laughs) All right. So once people actually get on the team, like, what's the rotation look like?
0: Yeah. So um, loosely, it what we do is we try to schedule. um, We schedule our teams like a month at a time. So March, and then we'll do April, and we try to schedule them out like three weeks ahead of time. Um, And we've had to get like set some like clear parameters on how we do this. So the schedule goes out like three weeks before a month. And we like have really asked our team like, Hey, when you get that planning center request within like 36 hours, we need you to like respond like decline or accept, but don't leave it idle. Right. Because that puts us, we were just getting in some bad spots where it might be the week of. Yeah, and then they and decline. That spot said idle and then they <laughs> decline. And you're like, oh, cool. We right. I don't have anybody. I know. And all the other drummers are out of town, so we have no time to like plan. So,
1: Every worship leader listening to this right now knows that feeling.
0: Yes. And then I've called you before when I first moved to town. Yeah. Like, dude, I need a drummer. Do you know anybody in this town that could come fill in? Right. It's the worst. Um, So what we typically do, we try to base it on what people want to do. Like, if there's wiggle room with like, maybe we only have two or three drummers on our team, then we kind of like, we say, okay, we're gonna put you all on once a month. Who wants the like the the fourth month or the or the fourth week? Yeah. Um. If we have, we usually do two guitar players, and we've got one dude who might play every week. And so, if he wants to play, he's a great player. He's an awesome dude. We want him on as much as we can because he brings so much to the team. So it's really, <clears throat> I I think we don't really have a rule about how much people are on. And a lot of it is a conversation and we try to be open with people. And I say, hey, listen, I love you playing. You're so good. But if you need a week off and we schedule you, like, please, like, I'm counting on you to be like, hey, I really need a week off. And like, so we try to be mindful to not burn people out. Yeah. But also, while what we do is so much fun and we try to really take care of our team and our volunteers burnout is still real and so right. trying to be aware of that and just constantly checking right. in with your players and and so i think it's a huge thing like to tack on to this like burnout is so huge and so i think if you're just seeing your team at rehearsal and on sunday then you're missing out it's constantly like texting with them like there's like 5000 threads on my phone of the electric guitar players talking about gear or a new song or terrible Mm -hmm. gifts or something or, you know, or whatever, or we're going to lunch today. Who's going? And that's a huge thing. Like having time together, like, especially if you're in a staff position at your church in the worship world, like every Tuesday say, okay, my Tuesday lunch, I'm going to take a work meeting lunch and it's going to be at Taco Bell and I'm going to text everybody on my team and say, hey guys, every Tuesday at 12, I'm going to be at this Taco Bell. Whoever can come, come. Yep. And it's just such a good way to hang out with people. Oh, Especially man. if you live here. Yep. You go to that Taco Bell in Wicker that, Park. Oh,
1: yeah. This I know. the cantina and it's amazing. We have a new Taco Bell <gasps> cantina that just opened two blocks from here. It's the same guy. It's right over here. Really? The guy who
0: opened the one in Wicker Park just opened this one. Oh,
1: man. I, Taco Bell is my guilty pleasure. So jealous. I love it. So, So man, this is good. This is a really good practical stuff that I think any worship leader who's listening to this could apply. Yeah. And I do think the burnout thing, you know, you guys are being proactive on burnout through relationship. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the role of a leader. Yeah. That like the role of a leader is to kind of, you know, you, you don't want to have it get to the point where your team is coming to you telling you that they're burnt out. Right. If you're leading them, you should be on top of it and you can actually see if they're burning out or not and protect them from that. Yeah. So it never happens. Totally. Looptimus Mini is a simple yet powerful way to control your music software. Use Looptimus Mini with Ableton Live, Prime or any other MIDI capable application. Looptimus Mini has three buttons that send MIDI notes, control changes, and program changes to your music software. Whether you're using Looptimus Mini on its own or together with Looptimus, the possibilities at your feet are endless. Giving you hands-free control, do even more with Looptimus Mini. Now available at Looptimus.com.
0: I think there's so many factors that play in burnout. I think rehearsals can make people hate playing kill me now and so that's like one of my heart we do a midweek rehearsal okay you do i was gonna ask you and we do what night we do it on wednesday nights we do it on thursday night so it's required yes if you can't be there rarely there will be some exceptions but our kind of steadfast rule is if you can't be at rehearsal we love you you're amazing but you can't play on Sunday. So sometimes work schedules will be like, hey, I've got this thing. I can't be there on Wednesday night, but I can on Sunday. And we're like, oh man, we love you. We'll find another week for you to play, but it's not going to work this week. Just what we what we want to, like our rehearsal, I like to keep really tight, like very efficient rehearsals. So rehearsals at seven o'clock, we start pretty much right at seven, 705. And we're like downbeating making music. We'll do a quick little huddle. Um, I heard someone say this once like, um, your rehearsal's not the time for like the worship devotional Mm -hmm. to teach on what worship is. And you have to get creative and figure out, okay, well then when is? Um, but I just want to be super mindful of our people's time. And so the expectation is when you walk in that room at seven o'clock on Wednesday night. You've probably, depending on your level of competency and how good you are at what you do, you've prepared like you know your part, you know how it's going to work in the song, so what I do is through Planning Center, the songs are this may be the worst thing in the world, but our songs aren't up for the coming Sunday until monday okay the month so there's a full almost a full week ahead um it's just something about it. It's hard for me to schedule any further yeah. out. It just feels wrong. It feels but, too... That's enough time. ...too concrete. Um, so on Tuesday, I send an email out to the band just saying, hey, guys, pumped about tomorrow night. Here's all you need to know if there's any big changes to a song. If we're playing this song, hey, super standard arrangement, just like the one in Planning Center. Um, I might note, hey, this song, we're going to start with the bridge and then go in, whatever. Just a quick heads up, so if there's any big changes... They know what they're walking into Wednesday night before they walk in. And their the expectations that they're gonna be on time. That's a huge thing for me. That's like my love language. Like that makes me feel like you love me yeah. as a human when You were here ten minutes early. When you're on time, I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Like right. so that's a huge thing. So on time for us means we start at seven. If you're a drummer and you're wanting to come in and tune the kit. Yep you're probably going to want to get there at at least 20
1: till. Right. Be ready to go at seven.
0: And if you're a guitar player, you've got to set your board up and you're wanting to dial in whatever yeah. your tone, you're going to want to get there 20, 30 minutes. And I love it because a lot of guys will come at six o'clock or five 30 and right. get set up and just chill and we hang yeah. out or whatever. Um, and so at seven o'clock, we do a quick meeting. We'll talk through, hey, this is what we're doing this week. Just a reminder of this transition here. Boom, boom, boom. And then we just run everything. And the goal, we typically run songs maybe once or twice. And we're like, okay, everybody good? Boom, let's move on. And the big thing for us, for me as a worship leader, is I just want to feel like the music is the afterthought when we roll into Sunday morning. And so Sunday morning, all the transitions are dialed in. All the changes are dialed in. Everybody knows their parts. Guitar one knows what he's doing with guitar two. And we're literally there to lead worship. And we say this every week, but we want to create a space for people to meet with Jesus. And so the music, all that work was done on Wednesday night, and we buttoned it up, and we're ready to simply create the space for people to meet with Jesus. And so all that preparation and the notes and the clicks and the tracks and just... Figuring all that out on a Sunday morning to me is like so stressful. And right. it it does everything like opposite of the headspace I want to be in when, when I'm you're about leading. to lead worship. Yeah. And so what it does is like created such a chill pre-service Sunday morning for us. We get there, we kind of sip some coffee for five or ten minutes while everybody's getting set up. And then we do a sound check song to make sure our ears still feel good. And then we typically do like a full service run through. And then it's like, we just want to like be able, okay, the music's behind us now let's follow like where the Holy spirit wants to lead that preparation. And then, so we can be just totally focused on following where the spirit's leading and how yeah. people are responding. And we don't have to think about the music. So you'd say that midweek rehearsal is a
1: really important tool for huge, raising the bar.
0: Huge. And there's so much as a worship leader, like a guy who's a genius guy, Stan Endicott. He is with Slingshot out in California, yeah, if you yeah. know Stan. understand. Um, I've heard him say that you should show up to rehearsal. Like when you're trying to like instill this culture of like high expectation for rehearsal, like you should show up a couple of weeks like in a tuxedo to let your team know like how serious you are about the level of excellence to bring to rehearsal. And so I try to have everything ready, like everything's patched in, like our tech guys have everything ready. I'll have charts printed for everybody. And so everything that they need on stage is ready to go. And at right. seven o'clock, like I'm ready. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get started. So I don't want people to like wait on me ever. So I feel like that's a huge thing as worship leaders. Like, setting that bar of like, I've done all I can do to support you mm-hmm. and, and make sure that you have what you need to be ready. And then, cause it's hard to expect when they don't have what they need, it's right. hard to, to
1: do what they need to do. Right. So man, those are great practical ways to set your team up to succeed. Totally. So that they feel ready to go. So do you have any tips for worship leaders who I've got two scenarios for you? The first scenario is maybe a worship leader who's building a a team from scratch yeah maybe they're at a church plant yeah and they have no one yeah um or maybe they're at a, a small church and they just need more volunteers like, sure what what can they do um they can pray
0: <laughs> like no joke yeah. i feel like god has been so faithful we've prayed for people like god we need some bass players we need an electric player and it's crazy when you like pray yeah like all of a sudden you're like Wow, I just met this amazing electric player who just moved to town, and he wants to get involved like that's happened at least five times wow. and I feel like those people are still a part of our team, and that's crazy so but practic like a like a practical thing um I think like a don't feel like you have to deliver the biggest show in town like day one, like if you don't have a drummer. I don't know. Maybe I would be interested to see what you think about this. But if you don't have a drummer, then maybe you don't have a drummer for a couple weeks and you figure out how to make it work. Like, you've got two great guitar players and maybe one is like, hey, well, I'll play Perk because I can do that. And I just feel like trying to launch out the gate and, and force it, like... yeah. It it just is never working, and yeah. so I think like figuring out within your context how to make it work. What do we want to do? And yeah, um, but I, I don't I don't know. That is a mystery question. How to find musicians? <laughs> and I would say it takes time. It takes connection. It takes like who are the if you have anybody on our team, like are you asking those people? Hey, who do you know? And they, and then all of a sudden you ask your bass player. And he's like, oh, yeah, my roommate is an incredible guitar player. And you're like, what? Why? Yeah. Where's he been my whole life? Yeah, and relationship. So that's a huge thing, like
1: asking people and then
0: just really like giving it time to like yeah. build relationships.
1: I like what you said too, but it's just don't stress out about having to throw on this huge, yeah. huge show. That's something we're actually always talking about with on everything we're doing here at Loop Community is just like, just sound like you. Like yeah. eat, sound like you know, do your best with what God's given you now. Right. And like, honestly, I mean, you can have a great worship experience with just a guitar. Totally. And a guy on keyboard. Right. You don't have to have a drummer. Right. Um, And it's gotten so tricky
0: because we like listen to these like amazing worship albums. Yeah. that are just incredible. And that has almost become the new bar for like what we have to do on Sunday mornings. right? And it can becomes super daunting when you're working with a team of volunteers volunteer audio team mm-hmm. and the expectation is man why doesn't it sound like the record it's like well yeah let me give you 500 reasons why it doesn't yeah. sound like the it can record. be discouraging yeah super discouraging yeah and so i think just having having fun yeah doing it right and then just within your context making it sound like yourself yeah, and what you have there I think is so important.
1: I do too. I'm I'm passionate about that because I think, you know, there's only one you. Yeah. There's only one Patrick Mayberry. Yeah. No, it's awesome. That's why I have you on here because I I love your heart for that. I know that your heart beats with that for sure. So, scenario number 2 would be what tips would you have for maybe a worship leader who's listening to this who has volunteers, a solid team, but they're really wanting to take their sound and their commitment of their team to the next level.
0: Yeah. I think um, I'm going to go again. I'm going to say pray for your team, pray for God to, to do something that's so much bigger than you and your team. I mean, that that's been a huge thing for me in this season is like just praying, praying for, Hey, I know this guy has got this thing coming up with his job. I know this girl is doing this thing, like praying for your people and then just being intentional with checking in with them. That is, connection, that friendship is like unbeatable. And I feel like that's how you build loyalty. That's how you build deeper relationships. One of my favorite things is seeing two people that maybe weren't friends before they were on our team, but through our team they became friends and they're going to do something together. Like they're going to lunch or I'll get like a text message with a group of dudes who are eating lunch together and I'm like, dang, that's so awesome. Because you helped create that culture, but you didn't set up that lunch meeting. Yeah, And and that can become exhausting when you think you're the one who has to do everything. And that's that's been a huge thing for me. But so I would say super relational. And then just like my story, my friend said, hey, we're going to get in the car and we're going to go to a conference and it's going to blow your mind. I think leading with vision is such a huge thing but constantly throwing out a bigger vision of what you're doing. It's not just a Sunday. Um, You're not just playing a couple of songs and trying to nail this transition that like they do on the record. You are literally leading people into this experience with the Holy Spirit and um, casting that vision of like what it could be. So, begging for money to take your team to conferences or figuring out how to make it work like okay if you can buy the conference ticket i'll see if i can leverage this relationship to get us a free place to stay and um or take them to a concert like who's your favorite band like hey go to this concert with me or So and so worship artist is coming to town. Let's get our whole team to go and constantly just putting a vision in front of them. I do that with our team. I do that with our audio guys, uh, with our lighting guys, like constantly just like brainstorming and um, keeping that creative culture going where we're all sharing ideas together and. And it gets contagious really fast. Like as soon as you open that door with somebody, then all of a sudden they start sharing stuff back with you about like, hey, check this out or do this yeah, or right. check that out. And you kind of just build this community where people are constantly sharing ideas and wanting to keep growing
1: and growing and getting better. It's good, man. So so building relationship and inspiration yeah, and vision. Yeah, constantly. Vision is huge. That's awesome, man.
0: And keeping a bigger vision about what you're doing because you can get lost in the weeds of, <laughs> you know, yeah. is it 76 BPM or is it 75 BPM? Um, is it this change or that change?
1: And so, yeah, the bigger vision of we're getting to serve the church. and That's good, man. These yeah. are all very good things. Yeah, man. You're a good friend, good worship leader, good songwriter. If someone wanted to get, a, Thanks, get in touch with you or find your music, is there anywhere you would point them to yeah
0: if anybody wants to talk to me
1: can email me patrick at soulcitychurch.com cool. Do you have myspace or anything
0: um a couple <laughs> of my i have a couple of myspace accounts but they're all not under my name they're fake right. names
1: okay so whoever uh, can find patrick's i MySpace. Think
0: i'm on instagram and facebook cool and i occasionally never heard of those i'm on those things okay man patrick mayberry that's it that's cool. all you need to know well, thanks for joining us on this podcast
1: episode. It's so good to have you here, man. Thanks for having me. Luke Community, the best.
2: This is Community Talk.
1: Derek, so what did you think about that interview?
2: That was a great interview. It was awesome to hear from him. And like you said, just a guy who's in the trenches and he's down to earth. He's super talented. But right. it's great to hear from a regular worship leader Yeah, does what we do every week. and
1: Right. It's much easier to relate to. And yeah. For sure. I thought it was cool. Like, I, um, I thought what, what he was talking about with the auditions. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I've actually never heard of anybody doing online auditions, but it really makes sense because especially in today's day and age, like, people are so comfortable now, I feel like, being in front of camera, mm-hmm. um, doing, like, YouTube videos or Facebook videos, right. selfies. I mean, like, <laughs> people are so comfortable doing that now. That sometimes, like, I know I've I've run a lot of auditions before, mm-hmm. and people get really nervous. Yeah. Because it feels like this American Idol or, like, the voice feeling. <laughs> right. You know, they start playing for you, and they just, they get so nervous. And it's actually not at all. I've had people audition for me and totally just, like, bomb the audition. But that's not actually who they are. Right. Like, when they are leading worship with, with me on a weekend, they're, like, super comfortable and chill. And, you know, their voice isn't shaky and... Yeah. So I like the online audition idea because it lets someone just relax and be really who they are. Right. Um, You know, I guess as long as they're not using like auto-tune and like weird things like processing to the video to make it not who they are. Yeah. But I thought it was a cool way, like cool solution to an audition process.
2: Definitely. I hate auditions. I'm one of those people who bombs them more than I succeed in them just because I think it's the thought of like, I need this person's approval. And if yeah. I miss one thing, it kind of just can snowball. And having the ability to upload a video of myself where it's like, all right, I missed that note. I've never missed that note before. Let's stop, start over.
1: Yeah, re-ta- retake Redo the video. Redo it.
2: Right. Um, especially because if you do it in your audition video, it shows you can do it. Yep. Now, I guess I could see a time where maybe yep. that's the only time the person hit it. Um, so you'd probably want to meet with them in person still. But if that's the formal audition, I think that's something that really helped. someone like me, who gets very nervous just for the audition, not as much even for leading worship.
1: Right. Yeah. I also am a huge fan of just anything that will save time. Yeah, So, like, the idea of batching, like, doing, you know, one task all at once instead of doing them over and over, you know, once a day. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, the idea of, like, doing online auditions is cool because then, like, instead of basically all year round, you could be accepting online auditions. Yeah. And... You know, you're not having to wait until you do, like, one big audition thing. You could be collecting these videos all at once. And then, like, once a quarter, look at all your online auditions and see who you've got to, um, you know, maybe even meet in person and audition them in person. Or Right. So I thought that was a really unique idea. I had never heard of anybody doing that before.
2: Yeah, you could give them feedback, too. Like, hey, it was great, but you really need to work on this area next Mm. quarter upload another audition if you've worked on it, and we can move on from yeah. there, which would be a lot easier than having someone come in, being like, hey, no, sorry, come in a year from now when I'm running auditions again. Right. Um, so, yeah, speeds up the process and yeah. can be helpful. So
1: Yeah, that's a really good idea. So um, what else stood out to you in this interview?
2: Yeah, what did you think about his emphasis on the midweek rehearsal? I'm oh, interested gosh. to hear your perspective yeah,
1: on that. Yeah, I have always... <laughs> been anti-midweek rehearsal okay and Patrick though actually like for the first time ever kind of swayed my opinion on that yeah um I've always been anti the midweek rehearsal because it just seems like it's another night of the week that you're taking away from volunteers Mm -hmm. like time that they have to you know leave their family and drive to the church set up and spend a couple hours and then go home and then you're and then you're asking the volunteers to come back again Saturday and Sunday It just felt like a lot of time yeah and I've found that actually I can, I can rehearse a band pretty effectively just Saturday afternoon before the service. Yeah. You know, if, you, if your church has a Saturday night service. So that's kind of why I've always been anti-midweek rehearsal because um, it just seemed unnecessary. But Patrick's points about the midweek, about really using the midweek to um, make Sunday morning ghosts more relaxed yeah, is a huge deal mm-hmm. because I definitely know what he's talking about with that. Like, even on Saturday, if you're rehearsing on Saturday, it can feel so rushed. Right. Like, you're super rushed. There's also things that change last minute. Like, you might need to change a song. or You might have to, like, someone doesn't show up. Or there's technical problems. It might, you you might get an hour-long late start on a rehearsal because the in your monitor system is not working. Right. And all those things can, like, stack up. Mm-hmm. So then by the time the Saturday night service starts, you're, like, stressed out. And the last thing, you're, like... <laughs> really able to do is just focus on leading worship right so I really did like what he said about alright let's just get all the kinks out you know Wednesday night right so that then on Saturday when we roll in or Sunday morning whatever it's just hey let's just relax right, hang run out run through run through the songs then we're good <laughs> like yeah. I thought that was really cool
2: yeah I like it too cause he talked about kind of going with that like being prepared as a leader, as the worship leader, so no one waits on him, which I think can make your midweek rehearsals take less time. I think a lot of times us as worship leaders, we go into the rehearsal like, all right, so I have our songs, but now we have to set everything up. I have to like change the arrangement how I want. Like we have to figure out how much we're singing, but he says come into that as the worship leader. So then your volunteers aren't losing as much time on that midweek rehearsal and then you're not wasting as much time on your Sunday morning rehearsal. Right. And I thought that was really cool and important that lead by example and be ready. So no one waits on you and then your team will hopefully respond and come ready as well. Right. And if they know that's the expectation.
1: Yep. I know he was saying like, hey, as a worship leader, like have the charts already. there, ready for them. Yeah. I know when I, when I lead, a lot of times I'll, um, email everybody ahead of time and just be like, hey, if you need charts, because some of the churches I play at, we don't even use charts. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, if you're, if you're going to need charts, just make sure you print them ahead of time, bring them with you. Um, but yeah, like being way more prepared midweek can make a big difference. Yeah, When everybody feels relaxed and like they know what's going to happen, then those worship times are a lot better. Yeah. Like than when you're totally coming off sure. of a stressed out rehearsal.
2: Yeah. And if you have that all like planned out. If something Sunday morning does go wrong, at least you don't have to worry about like, well, I hope everybody knows that we're supposed to go to the chorus a second time or something like that. Like, If you've already worked out the minor stuff and you have yeah. a technical issue with your in-ear monitor system Sunday morning, at least that becomes the focus instead of all of the other things that you haven't practiced yet.
1: Right. Well, I think there's there's so much good stuff in this interview about impractical stuff. Yeah. But how to actually really... Help your team feel prepared to take your team to the next level. To he was talking about like building teams, you know, from scratch and mm-hmm. you know getting new people to serve and all that stuff is so so important. But it's good stuff, man. For sure. Let Love this podcast. Hey, if you um if you are enjoying the loop community podcast, make sure that you click on review and leave us a review. Let us know, even stuff that you maybe would want changed, to things you would want us to talk about or maybe interview requests or ideas. We're open to to anything there.
2: For sure. Let us know.
1: But um, thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. We're passionate about providing churches with quality and affordable resources to enhance your sound and help you sound like you. Talk to you later.
2: Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe.